Welcome to the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I'm Ashley Young, pianist, instructor, and business coach, and I'm here to help you dream big about what your studio could be if you are willing to open your mind and level up your business skills. I'm going to share the tangible strategies that I've learned for streamlining and scaling your studio so that you can align your business to work for your life instead of letting your business control your life. I am so happy that you're here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello. Welcome into another episode of the Prosperous Piano Teacher Podcast. I am really excited to be here and I'm really happy that you are here with me. I'm Ashley, if we haven't met before. Welcome in if this is your first episode and if you've been listening for a while now, welcome back. I I just am really excited to talk about today's topic as always, uh, but I... I feel like today's topic is a little bit close to my heart because it's a it's a lesson that has been quite a personal journey for me. And so I'm really excited to share not only a little bit about that journey, um, but some tips for you and some some actual tools that I, I hope will be really helpful for you um, that have been for sure very, very life changing for me. Um, before we dive in, though, I just wanted to say thank you so much to those of you that have written reviews for the podcast. Um, I was looking through them yesterday and Anytime someone messages me or writes a review or, you know, shares on their stories and shares about the podcast, I do not take that lightly. Like that is something it brings a whole new level of energy and light to my day. And it truly makes an impact. And I just want to thank those of you that have taken the time to do that. Um, I really appreciate it. So the first one that I was looking at yesterday was by BB Music Teacher. And this is just on Apple Podcasts, who said, I've been looking for a podcast to help me with the growth and development of my private studio. I have loved hearing Ashley's suggestions and advice so far, and I'm so excited to hear what is to come. And then another one is from Jay Haynes 402. Not only is Ashley a great musician and a wonderful teacher, she's an experienced entrepreneur and a skilled business coach. I started working with Ashley recently as a business coaching client, and already I've gotten so much value from her willingness, willingness to share her knowledge and experience. This podcast contains gems of hard-earned wisdom learned through years of teaching piano students at all levels and is a great resource for anyone teaching music. So I just wanted to say, I wanted to give a special shout out to Jay Haynes and also to um, BB music teacher and just say thank you so much for taking the time to write those. They fill my heart up with gratitude and it gives me so much energy to just keep coming back and doing more. Um, so you all are amazing and awesome. I've also had several people reach out to me on Instagram lately and just send messages saying they were enjoying the podcast and I've had a chance to get to know some of you and that's been super cool. So um, anytime you want to do that, go ahead and do that. I, I love connecting with other like-minded entrepreneurs. All right, let's dive into today's topic. So we're going to be talking about your beliefs around money, okay? And I titled, I went back and forth on the title of this episode for a while, and I titled it, What You Believe About Money Will Come True. And I'm not gonna lie, when I, okay, so about two years ago, when I started doing a deep dive into like really expanding my entrepreneurship and moving in the online space in a much bigger way than I had been in before with the YouTube channel and all that stuff, I started reading and consuming tons of contents, books on books on books and YouTube videos and podcasts and anything I could get my hands on that felt like it would help me further my journey because I didn't have a background in like business. I didn't have a degree in business, right? Like, and other than running my own business, I didn't feel like my business skill set was super, super strong. Now, I mean, I think I was being a little hard on myself because I had gotten myself pretty far, but I wanted more. 
And I realize now, I mean, I'm still a voracious reader of entrepreneurial and business books. It's something that I am constantly doing because I, I truly believe that your business growth will be a reflection of your personal growth. And that means your education when it comes to entrepreneurship and leadership and business and anything that you're trying to do in your business, um, anything that you're trying to level up with. And so I'm still reading a lot, but when I first started reading and consuming content about the topic of being an entrepreneur and growing your business, this idea of mindset and money was coming up a lot repeatedly. Like I could not find a piece of content that didn't talk about money mindset. And when I first started encountering the topic, I, I'm going to be really honest and transparent with you. I thought it was a bunch of crap. <laughs> I thought it sounded way too simplistic. The idea that you could like change your mindset about money and that that would, um, change how much money you made. I, I just, I didn't believe it. And I feel a little bit embarrassed to say that now, because I mean, in case you couldn't tell by the title of the episode, I fully believe it now. I have like concrete evidence in my life that supports that it is 100% true. And of course, all of the people that had been writing about and releasing content for years about entrepreneurship and how to grow a business, of course they had information that I didn't have, um, but I didn't want to believe it to be true. And I didn't think it was true when I first encountered it. Um, so now I am a couple more years into that journey than I was in the beginning and I've done some pretty significant work on my mindset um, and limiting beliefs specifically about money. And it's kind of wild how much of a difference it can make. And I, I really will go so far as to say that if you are not aware of money psychology or aware of your money mindset, and you're not questioning the beliefs that you have around money, you are probably actually like ha experiencing real life evidence of that, of the fact that you're neglecting that part of yourself or you're neglecting that relationship. One of the things that I heard early on that really resonated with me was that you have a relationship with money, just like you have a relationship with your partner or your spouse or your children or your colleagues. It's a relationship and relationships take work and maintenance. And sometimes there are seasons where harm is done in relationships or where trust is lost or where you really need to focus on growth. And the same is true about money, right? Like we've all had seasons of our life where maybe our issues with money were pretty negative or maybe they were pretty positive. And so looking at those things and being willing to objectively let them take up space and evaluate them and process them can be incredibly, incredibly helpful. Now, this is an ongoing process, right? Because it's not like you learn about the concept of money mindset and then you're like, okay, cool. I am now fixed forever and I'm not going to have any issues. That's unfortunately not how it works. I really wish that was how it worked. Like that I could just wrap it up in a little bow and be like, okay, I worked on this issue and now it's over here. Um, but that's not how it works. And I will be a little bit vulnerable and transparent with you and say that this is something I've been working on for years and I recently experienced another wave of it. And for me, um, I know a lot of, you know, cause I've talked about it here on the podcast that I, the bulk of my business used to be my private teaching studio, right? One-on-one -on -one lessons where people were paying a, a recurring monthly fee to be in my studio. And I had gotten my business to the point that it was very reliable. My income was not fluctuating and it, it was growing, you know, each month, but it wasn't fluctuating. I, 
everything felt so solid. And then I wanted to level up and I wanted to expand and I wanted to build my business from there and cut back on those one-on-one -on -one hours of teaching because I wanted to expand beyond that. So one of my longtime goals has been to, you know, kind of pare back on that one-on-one -on -one teaching. And recently I actually officially kind of let go of all of my one-on-one -on -one clients. I had mostly not been teaching one-on-one -on -one lessons anymore, but occasionally I had like, you know, an adult student that was coming in for lessons occasionally and things like that. And officially I kind of set my own personal boundary, like at least for the time being. And I don't, it, I don't think it's going to be forever. I think it's going to be probably for a few months so I can create some space um, that who knows what it will be filled with. Uh, but I officially closed the chapter and I said to myself, I am not doing one-on-one -on -one lessons anymore. And in the moment, it felt so exciting. I was like, on this high and I was so proud of myself. I reached my goal. And then the very next day, my brain went into a spin out because I was like, what am I doing? This has been, I mean, for a long time, it's not true anymore, but for most of my adult life, my one-on-one -on -one piano teaching business was the most sustainable part of my income. It was the most predictable. It was the most sustainable. It was the most steady and reliable. What am I doing? <laughs> if you're not watching this on video right now, so you can't see me. I talk with my hands a lot, but it, like, what am I doing with like big, huge jazz hands? Because it just, my brain panicked. And I think that's totally natural. Our brains don't like change, right? And anytime you work on your money mindset, you're going to level up and then you're going to start to work to rearrange your life to fit that new money mindset. And then your brain is going to panic because you're making changes and change turns on warning signals to our brain, like warning, danger, danger, danger. Our brains inherently and biologically do not like change. And that's what's ha that's what happened to me. So um, last week I was going through this like spiral, this panic, and it wasn't pleasant. It wasn't fun, but it's part of being an entrepreneur and it's part of growth and it's part of where I want to go, right? And the more I get to know myself as an entrepreneur, the more I can be aware of those cycles of like, I know why this is happening. It's because I just made this big choice to make this big change. You know, the chapter is officially closed at least for now and my brain is freaking out. Um, and if I hadn't done and haven't been doing work on my money mindset, I don't know that I would have had the awareness to first of all, recognize what was going on and to recognize that my brain was simply freaking out because of the change. And I also don't know that I would have been able to like soothe myself and bring myself back from that spiral. And I used to fall like pray to this cycle all the time of like, I would try to do things to level up. My brain would panic and I would freak out. And then I would make decisions from that place of panic. And so old me, like five years ago, me would have been like, oh no, this is terrifying. I'm going to email my students and get some of them back. Right. And I'm going to start teaching one-on-one -on -one lessons again. And I'm going to just like get that steady monthly predictable safety that I had before. And that would have been a huge mistake because that's not in alignment with what I actually want or where I want my business to go in the next several years. So by realizing that, you know, I was kind of in this spiral of fear and being able to let myself feel that, but also get out of it, I was able to make a decision from a much more solid place, a more grounded place of, you know, even though I'm afraid, I, I was feeling afraid in that moment. And even though I felt panicky and it felt like I didn't know what I was going to do, I wasn't able to trust myself. I was able to get myself back to a place where now I, I do feel like I'm on solid ground again. And I'm glad that I didn't react to that. And I'm glad I didn't make decisions based out of fear. 
So that was a little bit of a tangent, but I just wanted to share that because it's it's not th these these tips that I'm going to share with you, this, this information that I'm going to share with you, it's not something that you're going to hear and magically the problem will be solved. And even if you decide to go down the journey and read one of the books I'm going to recommend or implement some of the things I'm going to talk about, it's not something that you magically get over right? Because your relationship with money is a relationship. So at different stages and in different seasons, you will have to work on it in different ways. So let's dig in even further and let's talk about some of the most common money beliefs. Now, these beliefs that I'm going to talk, I'm going to share five beliefs with you. And these beliefs that I'm going to share are the ones that I have most commonly seen come up with my clients. Um, things beliefs that people have around raising their rates, beliefs that people have about their ability to increase their income or to make more money. So these are like kind of the, the troubling beliefs, the beliefs that really hold people back and make it difficult for people to make the amount of money that they desire. So I'm going to give you these five beliefs. And with each belief, I'm going to give you an example of like how it might be showing up for you in your life. Um, this is not an exhaustive list. There are by, by all means, there are way more uh, money beliefs that I'm going to share with you, but this, that would be like a whole podcast in and of itself. Um, but we're going to go over five. We're going to go over some examples. And then I'm going to share with you four of my favorite ways to, um, to grow and improve your money mindset and four things that have worked for me and my clients in the past, um, that you can start doing right now to really dive into this topic more and, uh, increase your capacity to have a more positive money mindset. So the beliefs, one of the first beliefs that I see people struggle with is this belief that you are not good with money. I used to believe this. I, I, I would say most of my clients believe this when they first start coming to me. And this is a belief that a lot of people have. It's really, really common. And I am going to go ahead and say that I think it's also really common for women because we aren't, or at least in my generation and before, we haven't been taught the financial literacy um, that has been taught to other people. And I think that is changing. And I, I hope that that continues to change. But oftentimes not being good with money makes total sense because people don't learn, right? Unless you had parents that were exceptional with money and they taught you their skill sets that they used or the way that they got there, then a lot of people don't feel confident about the way that they handle or manage their money. And a lot of times the way that this comes up in your studio or in your business is maybe you're still using pen and paper to build people. Maybe you're a little bit afraid to implement some sort of financial tracking system, like the idea of using QuickBooks or making an Excel spreadsheet like terrifies you because you have this belief that you're not good with money. And so all of that sounds completely overwhelming or like you wouldn't know how to do it. You wouldn't even know how to get started and you just kind of get overwhelmed and you don't even try. That's a way that that belief can, can present in, in real life. Another way that it presents is that all of the money that you have coming in on a monthly basis is also going out. So when you don't believe that you're good with money, you have a tendency to spend all your money. <laughs> and it's not because you're not actually good with money. It's just because you're not taking the time and the energy to maybe implement some systems that would help you or you know, create some awareness around budgeting or implement some savings goals or anything like that. And so if you believe you're not good with money, then oftentimes like whatever flows in is also immediately flowing out. Now, if you're not, if you believe you're not good with money, th that's not your fault, right? Like, I don't want you to go into a shame spiral about any of these beliefs. If you hear me say them and you're like, oh, 
darn it, that's me. I totally believe that. Um, then just listen to the rest of the episode and wait until I share the four tips that you can use to change your money mindset and get started on one of those things. Now, the other thing that I want you to think about is if you're resistant to this topic, you might hear me share these five beliefs and you might be totally in denial that any of them are true for you. But I think if you were to set aside 20 minutes on your calendar and start to ask yourself some questions like, well, and I'll get into this later, but start to do some of the things that I'm going to suggest that will help you work on your money mindset. I think you will find that in fact, you probably do have some of these beliefs. It just might not be as obvious for you in your life right now. Either is okay. You are among good company. All right. The second belief that you might have around money is that money is scarce. This is, I think, one of the most common money beliefs that people have are all around, like just period, not just in the clients that I coach, not just from what I've seen in the piano community, like just period. I think this comes up for a lot of people and you'll know that you have the belief that money is scarce. If you feel like making money is kind of an act of desperation, or it's something that you really, really, really need. Maybe you're the breadwinner for your family. Maybe like me, like I'm a single mom. I can very easily get into the scarcity mindset and be like, oh my gosh, if I don't make money, like my, I have to provide for my child. You know, that feeling of scarcity, that feeling of desperation, that's a pretty good indication that you have this belief that money is scarce. And this is one that I think it can be particularly hard to change. And I don't know that, I don't know if it's possible. I don't think I've ever heard anyone say like it's it's possible for this to fully go away, but you can get to a point where you are mostly not living in scarcity. Um, another way that this might present itself if you have the belief that money is scarce is that you'll feel like you really need to hold on to all of your money. So like you, you're, you have that belief that like you want to save all your money, right? You don't want to spend any of your money and maybe nothing is worth spending money on because you want to hold on to it so tightly. And oftentimes what happens when you do that is you end up losing the money anyway, which is a big bummer. It's like you have all of those like unexpected things that come up or like somehow you just have all these big expenses and you're trying to save, but you're losing your money anyway. That is often like a pretty good indication that you have a scarcity mindset around money. Okay. The third belief is that money is evil. And that sounds very extreme, um, but again, a very common belief. And it's not that you'll see, I mean, sure, I'm sure we've all encountered people that walk around and actually say money is evil, but it comes up a lot more subtly than that. Um, oftentimes you'll know people believe that money is evil if they like down, talk down about people that have money. So like, oh, wow, you know, like, look at that bougie person or, oh, geez, just, you know, dropping a little bit of money on a yacht or something like that. Like when people are talking down about people that are spending a lot of money or about the way that people are choosing to spend their money, often it comes from this feeling that money itself is evil. Like, I think I have heard, and I'm sure you have heard too, people say like people with money are jerks, which is an awful statement. I don't think anybody should make a judgment like that about any group of people, but that's not true, right? There's jerks all around us. There are people that have money that are jerks. There are people that don't have money that are jerks and it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that they have money. It's just, you know, there are some people that are not putting love into the world and there are some people that are putting love into the world. And so it's not money in and of itself that is evil. Money is like, of a man-made creation that we all buy into the system, right? It's not that money itself is evil. It's that sure, sometimes people that have money choose to do bad things with that money, but it's not the money itself. Um, and 
oftentimes the biggest way I see this present itself is that people just deny that they want to make money. People will not even allow for the possibility that they want to have more money. I see this all the time with coaching clients or with teachers that I talk to when they say like, well, you know, my partner has a really good job. So like, I don't need to make more money or, you know, I don't need to bring in the money. Like my family's not struggling, you know, so I don't need to make more money. And that denial of the part of you that might want to make more money, um, that often stems from believing that something about making more money or something about having more money would make you a bad person or, you know, like would change the way that your friends or family looks at you, uh, all wrapped up in that belief that like having money is not a good thing. Um, this is one that is for sure come up with me. Like there was a time in my life earlier on in my career when I couldn't even admit that I wanted to make more money, right? Like that wasn't even something I would allow myself to admit because I had a lot of limiting beliefs about money being bad. All right. Number four. I am not worthy of money or you are not worthy of money. This is also incredibly common. I think everyone has this issue actually in life, period, around a lot of topics. I think it's one of the things that unites us as humans is that we can we can all struggle in various ways and in various forms with feelings of worthiness and it 100% comes up with the issue of money. If you don't believe you are worthy, you are not charging enough. You are undercharging. If you don't believe that you are worthy of making money, um, a lot of your th your thoughts will start with like, I couldn't possibly, or well, I can't because, right? You'll be always coming up with those justifications of why you can't charge more. And those justifications can be really sneaky. They could be things like, maybe you don't think you have a high enough degree. Maybe you don't think you have enough experience. Maybe you don't think you provide enough value or your studio isn't big enough. Or, I mean, I could rattle off excuse, excuses for like hours and hours and hours that I've heard, but all of those reasons really come back to believing that you are worthy of making the amount of money that you want to make. It was completely mind blowing to me the very first time I hired a business coach and I was talking to her about like how much I charge for lessons. And this was many years ago, but she said, how much money do you want to make? And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? And she said, how much money do you want to make? It's not that hard. Tell me the amount of money you want to make. And then we, we figure out your rates based on that. And my mind literally exploded <laughs> because of the concept of choosing an amount of money that I wanted to make and setting my rate based on that had literally never occurred to me. And my it took me like weeks of wrapping my head around that. And so often people are setting their rates based on the neighbor down the street or the other teachers in their city, or because, you know, maybe they don't have as high of an education as they think they should in order to charge a current amount. But all of that is related to worthiness right? Because when it comes to your rates, you can charge whatever you want. Okay. I'm going to, I'm not going to get on that soapbox right now. I have other episodes about that, but coming back to that worthiness element, if you believe you are worthy of money, it will be easier to make money. If you don't believe that you are worthy of making money, you won't be making very much money and you'll be struggling with money. All right. Now the fifth reason is if I make more money, it will change X, Y, and Z. And I touched on this a little bit earlier in one of the other points, but basically this is the belief, this is a very limiting belief that if you make more money, it will offend someone. It will change your relationship with someone. It will mean that your family 
or your friends or your partner or the other teachers in your city will look at you differently. And that is scary. Okay. And so making more money oftentimes feels like one of those changes that the brain can't handle. Similarly to what I shared in, in the earlier part of this episode um, about, you know, officially closing the chapter on one-on-one -on -one teaching, my brain didn't like that change. My brain went into a panic. And when people start to admit they might want to make more money and they start to think about how they might go about doing that, it gets really scary because automatically it starts to shine a light on all of the relationships that would change if you were to actually reach your goal. And that is terrifying. Now, these five beliefs are so common. So if you heard all of them and you're like, dang it, I have all of those, know that you are in good company. You are not alone. It, it's a complex topic, right? Relationships are never easy and money is a relationship. And so it's going to be complicated. It's not this little pretty package, like I said, that you can like wrap a bow on and be like, okay, that's my issue. I dealt with it. I'm going to set it over here now. No, it's, it, it weaves into a lot of our interpersonal relationships, weaves into a lot of how we see ourselves in the world, how other people see us in the world. And so it's complicated. So now I'm going to give you four ways that you can work on your relationship with money, right? That you can level up your mindset and start to take care of some of these issues that we just talked about or some of these beliefs that we just talked about. And the cool thing is that you can always change your beliefs, right? You can always change your thoughts. Again, it's kind of scary to do that because it's a change. And that's been a theme in this episode that change can be really scary. But just because you believed something in the past does not mean you have to continue believing it if it doesn't serve you. And in fact, I think that adapting our beliefs as we grow and learn is one of the most powerful things that we can do as humans. If you're not changing your beliefs when you learn new information, then you're staying completely stagnant. And so that's the first thing that I want you to know as we go into these ways to help your money mindset, you can change your beliefs, right? And sometimes just being like, for me, just knowing and becoming aware of the fact that I had those beliefs that weren't super healthy, that was huge in and of itself. And so if you already are having big takeaways just from recognizing yourself or recognizing these beliefs in your life, that's a huge step. So now let's talk about these other four things that you can do. So the first thing that can be really, really helpful is to go back and to look at where your money beliefs originated, okay? And this is something that can be a little bit challenging. I prefer to have people do this through journaling. That's a really great way to do it because it's private and you can share it or you don't have to share it, but it gives you that time and space to really reflect deeply on your money mindset. And oftentimes some questions that you can ask to help you get into this journaling mode are like, what was my parents' relationship with money? or whoever raised you, what was their relationship with money? What kind of messages did you receive about money? Um, what, what, how was money talked about? How was money handled? Did your family talk about how expensive things were? Or did you have to stay out of certain activities because your family couldn't afford them? You know, that was a big thing for me growing up. My parents were very young. And when I was a child, piano lessons were paid for by my grandparents and they didn't have a lot of money to do extracurricular activities. And so anytime I brought up the topic of like, oh, I want to do soccer or I want to do gymnastics, it was always like, okay, you have to choose one. Do you want to quit piano? 
to do those other activities or do you want to stay in piano? And for me, like I internalized that money was scarce, right? And that, um, that it wasn't possible for me to do the things I wanted to do because I didn't have the money or my parents didn't have the money. And so look at, at some of those early memories that you have around money and just write about them. And, and see if there's any connection between some of the things that happened and some of the beliefs that you have about money. Everyone has these, right? And it doesn't matter, like maybe you had parents that were excellent with money and maybe they taught you how to budget or maybe they taught you how to invest at a young age. And in that case, you're they would be responsible for a lot of the positive relationship that you have with money, but you'll find both, okay? And so look back and question, where did that money story came come from? Or where did the various money stories come from? And does the story still serve you? Is it still true? Or are there pieces of evidence in your life that make the story a lot less true? Okay. Another thing that you can do um, is to journal about your future desires. Okay. So looking forward to the future, and this is something that you can do not just with money, but with just your life in general, where do you want to be? What do you want to be doing? How do you want to be spending your time? And it's really helpful in this exercise to remove the limitations, right? So naturally you might have those voices creeping in. Like if you say like, oh, in 10 years, I want my net worth to be $5 million. And then instantly you're going to have a voice that creeps in and says, no, that's not possible. That's crazy. That's evil. Why? I can't believe you want 5 million. Ignore that voice, right? Don't listen to that voice. Remove the limitations and journal about where you are in 10 years, what it looks like, how you feel, how you're spending your time, where you're living, get as detailed as possible. And then in that journaling process, I would recommend you do it for several days in a row. You're going to start to find some themes, some themes of things that are really important to you. And it might be that you want to be able to feel safe. It might be that you want to make X amount of money. It might be that you want to pay off your debt, whatever it is. It doesn't matter what comes up. You're going to find some truth in there and you're going to find a path forward of what is, you know, what is the way that you can start to shape your life that is in alignment with what you truly, truly, truly want for your future self. Um, the third way that you can help your money mindset is to start to read empowering books about money. Um, two of my favorites, uh, the first one is you are a badass at making money by Jen Sincero. And that one is really good. She, I think her first book is You Are a Badass, which is also really good. But the second one is You Are a Badass at Making Money, and it's specifically about making money. And it's a great book. Um, that was one of the ones that I read early on in my money mindset journey. It totally blew my mind. And she gives a lot of concrete tips. She shares a lot of her story. And it just you can go a lot deeper on the topic. Another book that's incredibly good is The Big Leap. And this book is not money specific, but when I read it, uh, because money mindset was on my mind, I ended up applying a lot of it to this idea of, of making money. And in The Big Leap, um, the author talks, I'm sorry, the author's name is escaping me, but they talk about uh, the limiting beliefs. And very similar to like the five money beliefs that I just shared with you, you'll find that probably you have like those limiting beliefs come up in all areas of your life and variations on, on all four of them. But usually people have like one or two that you're like, oh, dang, that is really, really a big uh, limiting belief for me. Mine is how other people will view me, like how it will change relationships in my family and my friends. Right. And so whenever I'm trying to level up my business or level up my income or love even level up personally, I always am a little bit scared that if I do that, you know, my friends or my family is going to judge me or whatever. And so, uh, the author goes through those four limiting beliefs and you can figure out which one you have, and it can be really helpful in figuring out how to go forward. 
And then lastly, the fourth thing that I would recommend is to really start to change your beliefs and to get into a feeling of abundance or a feeling that, um, you know, money is not evil and you are worthy of it and it's not scarce and you can be good with money and that you can make the positive changes you want to make. And one of the things that I absolutely love, I talk about this when it comes to piano practice as well, because I think it's one of the biggest unspoken hacks for any goal that you have is affirmations. Um, they can feel really weird at first, but I listen to an affirmation meditation podcast and they release episodes, I think like every day, or there's enough of them in there that I never have, like, I'll go back to the ones that I like and there's always new ones available. I do affirmations on a day on a, well, okay. I try to on a daily basis. I probably do them five out of seven days and I'll do them when I'm on walks or I'll do them when I'm in the car. I'll do them when I am exercising. I'll do them after an exercise. I'll do them before a meditation. Affirmations are completely mind blowing and mind changing. They rewire your brain because we all have a list of negative things that we say to ourselves. That's just the way our brain works. We have a list of negative things that we say to ourselves. And I'm sure if you were to really think about it, you could think about some of those things that were on your list. And what starts to happen when you do affirmations is you really just start to memorize other phrases. I mean, at the basic level, that's what's happening. You start to memorize other phrases. And the wild thing that happens is after you do it for a while and you have that consistency of practicing affirmations for a while, you'll get into a situation where you're feeling anxiety or you're feeling scared, or you're having a big emotion. And where you used to say negative things to yourself that would potentially make those emotions bigger or make that spiral feel more extreme, all of a sudden your brain does this magical thing where you start to like remember some of those affirmations you said. It's like your brain added them to the list and now your brain is just saying positive things instead of negative things. And it is so life-changing and so helpful. And it's not that you should be, you know, talk uh, like positive in a toxic way where you're only, you're trying to cover up all of your bad emotions and you're only trying to remain positive. That's not what affirmations are. It just simply increases the tools in your tool belt so that when you have really hard times, yes, you can feel your, your feelings, but you don't have to berate yourself, right? You don't have to make the experience that much harder by telling yourself and like having those thoughts that are so negative. You can control your thoughts. And so once you recognize the thoughts and the stories that you have about money that aren't helpful, you can change them. And affirmations can be incredibly powerful in giving you a new vocabulary, giving you new thoughts that you can try on for size and see if they fit you. And then you can adopt them as your own thoughts. Right. And then when things get hard, you have this whole list of positive thoughts and of empowering thoughts that you can go to. All right, friends, that is my episode on money mindset. I am sure that we will do more episodes on this in the past and you'll have to let me know. Send me a message if this resonated with you. You can reply to one of my emails or you can send me an Instagram DM. I would love to know because this is a topic that I, I mean, as you can tell, I feel so passionately about and it really can change your life. So I would love to continue to dig into it if it's something that you all are interested in. I would also love to know if you had any takeaways from this lesson. If you heard any of those beliefs that you were like, oh my gosh, that is me or any of the suggestions that I made, you end up doing them and they feel particularly helpful, please shoot me a message and let me know. I hope that you all have an incredible rest of your day, an incredible rest of your week. I cannot wait to see you. Oh, not see you. I cannot wait to talk to you next time. Uh, I will talk to you soon. Have a great one. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I love connecting with open-minded business owners from all over the world. 
As you know, a studio policy is one of the most important assets of your business, and a good studio policy will save you time and energy. For this reason, I created a free PDF with a list of three ways that you can level up your studio policy right now. To grab the free PDF, head on over to ashleyjyoung.com slash level up, and the link is in the show notes as well. Talk to you soon.